0: hello hello beautiful souls i am so excited to have you on another episode of unapologetically abundant podcast and today's guest jess glazer oh my goodness she is going to take your breath away i had to start recording because i'm like there is so much goodness coming out that we really get to get started so Jess, thank you so much for creating the time and space to be here
1: today with us Of course, Patia. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to chat.
0: And before, we will really dive into the topic that I'm so excited about, which is how to be creating an online courses and really embracing the pivoting in life. I feel like sometimes we are so scared to change and we stay where we don't belong for so much longer than we should. That I'm really, really excited to hear your journey of pivoting and really the ways how to create, how did you create a, your seven-figure business? Sure. But before we will go there, <laughs> what I love to do, I have a one question that I love giving my, you know, um, my guests. And if you trust me, what I would like to ask you just for a moment, just for a second, just close your eyes, take a deep breath. And as you're taking the deep breath in and you're relaxing in your body, Imagine that you're waking up in a beautiful private reservation in Kenya with your beautiful husband and you're waking up to a crisp morning and you can see the sun coming out and you can see the beautiful nature all around you and you're so excited for a day filled with fun, an adventure and as you're stretching your body and walking around this beautiful private reservation when other people like you and other people who are looking for fun and adventure and connecting one to another are waking up to you, You see a little girl who is running around and dancing and just really enjoying herself in the morning. And she runs to you and she holds your hand and smiles at you. And she says, who are you? What is the one thing you want her to know? Not what do you do, but who you really are.
1: Oh my gosh. Can I open my eyes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you but hey, if you want to stay in Kenya, please do. <laughs> we can do our interview from Kenya.
1: <laughs> Who are you? So the first thing that came to my mind was was love. And that's what came to my mind. But when you speak to me about Kenya and a little girl, I think of education because that's what my husband and I are so passionate about. And you know spending 8 years as a teacher honeymooning in Kenya and getting involved with Pencils of Promise we wow. we give back we donate a portion of every single client that we work with over to students in Kenya and i just believe that every student deserves an opportunity for education so it was a combination of of love and teacher and i wanted to say both of those things and what a cool way to start a podcast i have chills <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't you just love it thank you so much It's it's something that, you know, I I feel like when we are being interviewed, when we are being asked, we are so in our mind. We're so analytical because, of course, Mm -hmm. we want to serve. We want to help. We are here to share the wisdom. But sometimes being in our head really blocks us. Yeah. And when I really ask you, who are you without all these labels and everything what you can do, you drop into your heart just for a moment, you drop into your heart and it's 11, 11, by the way, (laughs) love it. Alignment. And, um, I truly believe that when we can just for a moment ask ourselves what really matters to us, who we truly are, without everything we can be doing, that's when the truth and the purpose really comes out, and love and education truly go hand in hand. We we invested one month, not 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 like. So much time, eight years in education. Yeah. But we went with my love to Bali and we were teaching kids their um, English. And we are involved with the community and with the leader, founder, who is funding those schools there for disadvantaged kids. And when we connected with her last year, she had 16 schools, now she has 39. Wow. That's amazing. It's it's just incredible. So I truly believe in education and it opens up so many doors and not just the regular education, like, you know, we were teaching them English, but it was so fascinating because when we were there, I felt that I was like channeling the messages mm-hmm. like for my inner child, the things that I wish that somebody would have told me that I was growing up. So now i wonder what is the one thing that you really craved
1: to hear when you were growing up it's funny i i did hear this so i don't know why i still craved it because i did i had i've i have incredible parents and they've always been extremely supportive and my love language actually is affirmation which Mm -hmm. I was always given a ton of affirmations so we're proud of you you're worthy you're enough those were all things that i was told all of the time yet that's what i craved the most so being enough um i think is something that i that i craved and just you're okay you're where you're supposed to be um which later then translated into a 10-year battle with an eating disorder so i think that kind of really did just bleed into the whole going deeper and unpacking the layers of being enough and now building a business. It's, you know, you have these financial goals and you have these launches and you fill these programs and switching from one job to another over the last two decades, it's, it always comes back to I'm enough. And I, I don't know that I could have heard it enough because it clearly wasn't enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just, it's so fascinating. I, I know you didn't see it, but right before our interview, I was recording on my stories talking about being and doing enough because as mm-hmm. I share with you, you know, my grandma, it's not doing well. And sometimes I'm feeling like I want to do more. What more can I do? And it goes back into trusting the unfolding that we are enough and we are at the perfect time at the perfect place because everything is leading us to the next step and I know you mentioned that in your life you had so many different things that you were trying and pivoting and sometimes it might might have looked like a failure because you don't stick with one thing so tell us a little bit more about your journey and that that finding of i am enough because if you don't feel enough i don't know how you can build seven figure business girl (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) well it's funny as i said that to you and then as you responded i realized i was craving hearing that because i wasn't telling it to myself Mm. so i was hearing it from other people but i wasn't saying it and i wasn't believing it and that's why i think i still crave it but The journey, um, (laughs) I was a competitive gymnast growing up and that put me in physical therapy at a really young age. So by the time I was seven or eight, I wanted to be a physical therapist. I went to college knowing that's what I was going to do. I got my personal training certification the day that I turned 17. Um, So I've been training clients for 18 years at this point, but went to college for my doctorate of physical therapy. While I was there, I got a teaching degree to, quote, fall back on because my parents sort of encouraged me to get that. I had been coaching and training people, so they were like, it makes sense. Just, you know, you're great with kids. You love teaching. When I graduated, I went into grad school for my doctorate. I did a year of that and dropped out. It really wasn't for me. I thought at the time that I was maybe having a quarter-life crisis. (laughs) In hindsight, I realized I just actually was working through a 10-year battle with bulimia, and I had addiction to different types of laxatives, fat burners, all sorts of pills. And so from there, took a leave of absence, worked full-time as a personal trainer while I was kind of figuring myself out, ended up going to fashion school. Uh, So after leaving my doctorate, yeah, I went to fashion school, I had an accessory line where I was making handmade purses and um, belts and shoes, actually all different accessories, worked in the industry for a year, felt very unfulfilled, left that job, went into teaching, like my parents kind of had encouraged, spent eight years working as an elementary school phys ed teacher and was a trainer on the side, was building all sorts of little side hustles. And after my eight years there, took the leap, sort of quit that to go in on my cute side hustle that I had created. I decided to go full-time in my cute side hustle, which was health and fitness. Um, I had been working with celebrities, working as a celebrity personal trainer, moved to New York City, did a year of 16 hour days training clients while working my online business as well built my cute side hustle online to multiple six figures and then made the pivot into business coaching where I then grew it to seven and have helped hundreds of other people build online businesses now so that's that is like the path that I have taken
0: (laughs) Wow, and I can so resonate with that. You know, thank you so much for sharing about your eating disorder. I personally battled bulimia for 18 years. <sighs> I became bulimic when I was 11 years old. So, talk about the inner child, right? And feeling enough. And it's so fascinating. I wonder just what helped you along the journey to really trust yourself you know, because I, I feel like it, it really takes courage and confidence to trust yourself that you can change, that you can go from one thing to another thing. And it's not just running away.
1: Yeah. So I get, I get this question a lot. People will often say, Oh, you're so brave. You know, you left your job or you quit this thing or, you know, you left the thing that was easier, comfortable. And I don't really see it as bravery or courage. For me, it's actually been every single time I've, Got into a place where I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm just so uncomfortable and I'm so unhappy that I just can't do it anymore. And that's actually what had happened with my eating disorder. So after a decade, I just couldn't, I was so tired. I couldn't do it anymore. And so it was the first time I asked for help. I checked myself into an outpatient program. I said, I can't do this. I need help. I can't live like this. Mm-hmm. And when I saw what asking for help did, it, it saved my life. When I saw that it started to kind of open my eyes to, okay, maybe asking for help isn't a sign of weakness. Maybe this is a, maybe this is a tool. And so then I kind of did it again and again and again. And every time I've asked for help, my life has gotten significantly better. Um, which about three years ago, my business mentor, he very kind of famously quotes all the time. He says, ego is your biggest overhead. Wow. And I just love that, right? Ego is your biggest overhead. So what are you not asking for? What are you thinking that you know? What are you thinking you should know? Um, what, what is holding you back? Because at the end of the day, it really is yourself. And that's something that I live by now. And I've become almost obsessed with asking for help. So now I'm constantly asking for guidance, mentors, support, accountability. I don't know how. I love saying I don't know how because it gets it means that I get to learn. Whereas before I thought it was a weakness.
0: Wow. I absolutely love that. I love that because especially as women, we feeling that if we ask, it will mean that we are not smart enough, Mm -hmm. that we don't know enough, you know, and it's, It's so beautiful when you can get over, it's like getting over yourself, right? Get over yourself, remove yourself from the equation and really see what's possible because Mm -hmm. girl, I've been there. Like when I started my business five years ago, I had social media marketing agency and I'm like, I was doing it all. And it was so exhausting, you know, seven days a week, always on my phone, always working and not asking help. And now I am, girl, everywhere, like, Who can I delegate? Who can I ask? Who can help me? It's so empowering because that helps us to stay in our zone of genius. And I love that before we start recording, I ask you, what's your superpower? And you told me I can really see from the birth perspective, like how to put things together for other people. And that's, I feel that I can see the future selves of my clients. I see what's possible for them. And then if they're open to come, it's incredible because we have done this enough times to see and know. So For someone who is like, okay, like I'm ready. I want to help even more people. I want to build my online course. Where would you have them start? And I know you promised some free resources. I'm so excited to share it with my tribe, but where would you have them start? Because I don't know about you, but along my journey, sometimes, I get to learn to distinguish in what I think that my client needs and what do they really need to meet them where they are? Because sometimes we are sitting from where we are, like, oh, like, oh, I gotta share with them this, but that's not where they are. And sometimes we overcomplicate, overanalyze, give them so much load that they're not able to succeed anyway. So please guide us and and take us with you.
1: I love that. So my first three steps that I would have someone go through are first figuring out your own personal story and transformation and and sort of what key points of your story make you relatable or what is kind of the, the purpose behind why you want to do what you want to do. So understanding your own where you are now, where you used to be. So A to B. The second one would be figuring out your niche and the third would be your ideal client, which is exactly what you're saying. So With figuring out your niche, I teach the three P's to a profitable niche. So the first one, or some people say niche, the first one would be, yeah, the problems, right? So what is the problem that the ideal client is having? What are they Googling? What keeps them up at night? What what are they struggling with that you could help them with? The second P would be, what is your personal story, which we just spoke about? So what transformation did you go through? Why is this important to you? And then the third one would be, is it profitable? Meaning, is there market demand for it? So competition is a good thing. And we talk a lot of times in my programs about coffee shops. I live in New York City. There's a coffee shop on every street corner. Sometimes it's the same coffee shop. Like there might be a Starbucks on one block and across the street, the same block, just on the opposite side of the street. So understanding that the market demand is a good thing because people will go to those coffee shops or they will come to you because of, the way that you make them feel, the quality of the product, the vibe, the environment, the people that work there, the location, geographic, right? The ease of it. So understanding those three things are really important. Now, when I teach niche and figuring out what your niche is, I tell people not to focus on their passion. So a lot of times I will see business coaches say that you should follow your passion or build your business around your passion and if you look up the definition of passion it is actually an uncontrollable emotion wow so yeah Yeah. being humans we're multi-passionate people which is why one month we're really excited to learn guitar and the next month we want to paint and the next month we're taking a fitness class and we're constantly changing and evolving which is a good thing right that's growth so if you build your business on an uncontrollable emotion it's going to be very confusing for the consumer So I don't love building businesses around passion. Also, if you've ever loved something and you turned it into a job, it kind of sucks the fun out of it, right? It becomes a job. Mm -hmm. So once we figure out our niche, the three P's, problems that you solve, profitability, and personal story, we then lean into who is your ideal client and what you were saying, what do they need? What do they want? It's not about you, it's about them. And that goes down to even doing market research to understand the exact language that they use. And here's where I think a lot of coaches will sometimes fall into a trap of being too far. That gap you were talking about, they're too far ahead. So even the language that they use might be industry language that doesn't resonate with the general population. So really understanding kind of the language, the pain points and the pleasure points of that ideal client. So those are the first three steps.
0: Wow, that's so amazing. And yes, like you're talking about the language. We were creating the bio of my newest client. And as we were talking about it and she put in the things, I was like, do you really think that your client knows what you're talking about? (laughs) Yeah, You know, because you are your personal development journey for many years your ideal client it's stressed frustrated busy mom she yeah. doesn't speak your language yet so we and you know I, I keep bringing myself down what can I what can I use what can I say where can I meet her you know because yeah. like you sometimes say we get so excited about things we want to be doing we want to be doing it all right yeah. Most passionate here yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I absolutely love those points and I so resonate With your personal story because when I I work usually with real startup coaches who are just starting going from their, you know, nine to five into coaching, and the thing is that. They don't have yet the testimonials. Well, you are your biggest testimony, right? Yes. You have you have created transformation in your life. Use that. Share that because that's what make you relatable. Not oh my gosh. When people tell me like, oh I get to do my website, then I get to finish this and that. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, you get to start showing up because perfect yeah. doesn't make you relatable, nobody relates to perfect. Nobody cares. Because yeah. if we appear perfect on the outside, people will be again, like I mentioned before, a oh, good for you. Yeah, I yeah. can't. You
1: don't get me.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's it
1: come with me instead of look at me. And that's one thing that we teach is there's three different types of expert. So there's the research expert, the role model expert, and the results expert. So with that, we can all be all three. In fact, we all are all three. And in different areas, you might be more than one than the other. And in one area, you might actually be all three at the same time, but in different percentages. So what happens is the research expert is someone who's saying, hey, I'm going to learn this thing and I'm going to share it with you. So come with me and watch. Come with me. Let's do it together, right? I'm trying this new diet. I'm trying this new workout. I'm sharing it on social media. I'm building a garden for the first time. Oops, I made a mistake. Hey, did you know that you have to dig this deep, right? So this is a research expert. Same thing goes when you're a coach and a client asks a question and you don't have the answer. You say, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna go find out for you. That makes you a research expert. People love research research experts it's relatable it's come with me it's you're literally one step ahead not 10 steps not 20 you're just yeah. one step ahead yeah. the second one is the role model expert and that's the person who's doing it as so now i'm going through the weight loss journey and every every week i'm sharing it on social media and i'm doing my before and afters super relatable and it's very intriguing wow, she just started this six weeks ago and she already has this transformation or, oh my gosh, I can't believe the garden looks like that. I think I want to get into it now. So that's the role model expert. And also just sharing things that you're like learning and other people that you're seeing doing similar things. And then finally we have the results expert and that's the person who already is. That's the... That's the famous athlete with an eight, ba- you know, an eight pack. That's the person who has the body. It's the person who has hundreds of clients that have had these crazy weight loss journeys, testimonial after testimonial, which is actually very intimidating for most people at the beginning of their journey because now that person is 20, 30, 40, 50 steps ahead. And it's way easier to go with someone that's saying come with me versus look at me.
0: Wow, I love the come with me versus look at me, wow. And like you said, sometimes it can be really intimidating, you know. And it's so funny. Just, just what came up for me right now. Very often, when we look at Instagram, we think, "Why should I be a coach if there are so many other coaches?" And look at her; she's already successful. She's already like doing seven, eight-figure income. Like, why would people pay to come with me? And it's exactly because they can relate to you. You're one or five steps ahead of the people, and not like i'm already living it and i can think about like Katherine Zenkina manifestation babe i love her to life and mm-hmm. she's already on her way to be billionaire yeah yeah and like how do you relate to that when you're like manifesting your first thousand dollars or you are praying for 5k months
1: mm-hmm. you know so yeah,
0: absolutely come with me versus look at me wow yeah Love that. So that is so powerful. So we start with those three steps, you know, really looking into your personal journey and how can you be relatable? Then, what is your niche? That's how I'm pronouncing it. That's how I'm yeah. opening it. <laughs> your problems, personal story, and uh, profitability. How can you check in the profitability?
1: Yeah. So, when you do basic market research, and let's say you want to be I mean, I'll just say a health coach right now, because we know that there are a dime a dozen. You can't get on Instagram and not find a health coach. So that means it's a profitable market. Also, when you do mm-hmm. research, you know that there are thousands of books that are written about health in different capacities. There's T V shows. It's a I mean, the health industry is a billion, multi-billion dollar industry. So mm-hmm. obviously, right? Obviously that's a really popular market. If you pick something really obscure like Oh my gosh, I don't even know what it would be. If you pick something really, really obscure and you're Googling and you're having a hard time finding podcasts about it, books about it, products about it, it might not be the best industry. Now on the flip, you might end up being the innovator, right? So Mm -hmm. that could be a really great opportunity. But for the most part, I would say look for something that already has social proof and market demand
0: love it okay so now we have the three steps how we can like start what what would be the next one you're like okay i i I journal it all down i got it i got my niche i have my ideal client i know this is going to be bomb everybody needs it how do you structure it like how do you know what exactly do they need you know
1: yeah yeah, so it's about relationship building, right, mm-hmm. and having conversations. So, putting out content that is for your ideal client, and there's some t- like tips and tricks there. So, one of the things I'll give you some tips if if you're interested for the audience. Always, yeah. always open. <laughs> so, a couple of things that you can do for market research. I think we all know we can go into private Facebook groups and we can kind of peek around and see who's asking questions, what are they asking, copy down their exact exact language. Make a Google Doc, kind of have a running Google Doc or a note in your phone and put the questions that people are asking down. It's then your opportunity or it's your responsibility to then go create content around those questions and answers. And that's the type of content people will read and go, oh my gosh, it's like she was in my head. And you're like, well, I was, I copied what you said and you, I, made, you know, I gave you education on that. So using private Facebook groups is really great. You can actually go to Amazon And you can look up different books in that particular topic. So let's stick with health and fitness for a second. And let's say somebody's interested in talking about keto, the ketogenic diet. You can look up different books that have to do with keto. And if you scroll to the bottom, you can read the book reviews. And these book reviews cannot be paid. These are real book reviews that people are writing. Consumers are actually writing these. And in those reviews, oftentimes people will say, I loved this book because it talked about XYZ. Or I wish this book talked about XYZ. And again, that's market research telling you go create content around X, Y, Z, right? Because this is what people want to learn more about or they really, really loved. So once you start to create content around these different topics that your ideal client is looking for, it's about relationship building, Mm -hmm. engaging with them. It's social media. You have to be social. So being in the DMs, talking to people, not selling people, but building real relationships so you can say, hey, what are you looking for? At that point, you can kind of decide what type of product you want to put together And so something that we specialize in in my company is high-ticket courses. So high-ticket courses are like a more robust build-out. They're typically 12 weeks long. They range anywhere from like $2,000 to $7,000 depending on the industry. And it's a combination of community, which is usually on like Facebook or Slack, a portal, which we use Kajabi, but a lot of times people might use like Thinkific or Teachable, (laughs) Yeah. And then the third part is going to be live coaching, which most people use Zoom. So these are really the three components of a high ticket course. Now, one thing that we teach with course build out is you never, this is important. So listeners listen up, right? You never build anything unless someone buys it. (laughs) And this is usually really scary for people. So We teach, this way that we teach, it sounds really confusing, we teach how to create an irresistible offer, and on the back end, you have a really clear framework or skeleton of what your course is going to look like, but you do not start creating a single video or making a PDF or anything until someone has paid you.
0: Wow. I heard it before, you know, I really, listen, but we're talking about like my course that I have, it, it's $400. That's not yeah. high ticket yet. So sure. yes, like create something for 12K and then nobody buys it because that's so much more deeper. Like I create my course maybe in a week. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not the big sweat. It's it's more of like building up mm-hmm. to the bigger one, but this is incredible. Wow.
1: Well, it's interesting too. So, your $400 course is there coaching that goes along with that, or is that an evergreen product people can buy? It's evergreen. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a little bit different. So, if it's an evergreen product, okay, you can kind of create it and then go sell it and just make sure you're really on so that you do sell it. Like, make sure you're on with what the person is looking for. But a higher ticket course that involves coaching, the reason we don't have you build it first is if you did build it and you spend a lot of time and energy and maybe even money building it and then nobody buys it, it's very painful (laughs) and it's really upsetting and it's taken a lot of time and energy. So what we do is we actually teach you to sell this kind of this, this offer. And when someone pays, you actually have that person or that group of people help navigate the speed and the direction. So while we have a really clear framework and we know where we're going the end of the day, that gap might be really big and you want to go left, but they really need you to go right. Or you thought this one lesson was going to take a week, but they really need two weeks on it. So you stay one to two weeks ahead of your clients when you're building out a coaching program, just wow. the first time. So it's, it's like live the first time. And once it's built out the first time, then the second, third, fourth, you just kind of tweak it. And the way that we do this is through a really simple concept that I created with post-it notes. And I'd be happy to share this training. Yeah. So we call this training Post It to Profit. So it's really simple. It takes five minutes and it's essentially our five step process where you're extracting what you know, you're identifying who it's for, you're learning exactly how you're going to share through marketing and messaging. You create the program or product, and then you generate the income. And this is all done with Post It Notes. So we can get it, we can put it in the show notes, but it's yes. at jessglazer.com slash post it to profit free. And it's a free training on exactly how we do this. And it's actually fascinating when you see people start to like pull these programs out of their brains that have just been sitting up there. It's
0: so amazing. Jessica, I should have done this interview with you last week. Yesterday with my team, we recorded all of my videos, but I'm sure it's not going to be the last course that I'm creating. So we're good because I just created my... um, my mini course on unapologetically worthy and now I'm launching because I was listening to the feedback of my clients and the woman who took it, they're like, okay, now I feel worthy, but I'm still feeling broke. I'm still feeling the scarcity. So now I created a money mindset course, you know? Oh, I love I, it. You need this. Now you're feeling worthy. Okay. How do you attract the money and keep it? Because the women that I work with, they're very hardworking, they're hustling Yeah, they make and then spend. They make and don't feel that it's enough. I was like, no, 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 no. And it's all about relationships. I just love it so much, Jessica. You truly do speak my language. It's all about the relationships and relationships building and that's why I left the corporate, you know, five years ago, because that's what I saw was, was the biggest gap there. You know, it's all about sell, 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 you know, like let's create product and then sell. like, no, it gets to be the other way around. You build a relationship, you see what people need and then you create it for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, So good. I just love it so much. And it feels like, you're handling so much, Jessica, you know, like seven figure business, having your team and and all of the goodness that you are creating. So I wonder what are some of your daily rituals, like daily non negotiables yeah. that keep you this high vibe? Because I can feel it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have a, a daily non negotiable morning routine. So it doesn't matter what I'm doing, this is my morning routine. And That is it. Like, I don't care how early I have to wake up. I would actually, I know it's not good because sleep is really important, but I would rather have less sleep so that I can have my me time in the morning. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, I work out and then I have a journal every day and I do certain journaling prompts that I do every single day. Um, I write down the things that are giving me kind of like stress and anxiety in that moment, the things that I'm grateful for, the things that I'm proud of, the things that I'm excited for. And then I kind of future cast. So I'll write Mm -hmm. things as if they already exist. And then I read. I'm a huge, huge, huge reader. And yeah, I love it. Always, every single day. There is right no now? day. So,
0: well, two, two books at the same yeah. time. I'm doing human design. It's okay. so fascinating. It's yeah. mind blowing. I'm like, I don't get it. It's exactly. Do you know what you, what are? you are? Yes, I'm a generator, five one oh. generator. What are you? A projector. Oh, I love it. I have so many clients, projectors. So I have a couple generators, a lot of projectors, and I have two reflectors. How amazing is that? They're so unique. It's beautiful, like real visionaries. I just love that. But it's I'm I'm really going deep. I'm doing the book, Understanding Human Design. And I'm sitting like every morning studying it. That's my morning routine. And I'm looking at the charts of a couple of my clients who are into it too, me and my love. And then I'm also... So that's morning. And at night, I'm... um, reading a medical medium oh cool you know celery juice and health and liver rescue because i'm so fascinated with like the physical and the spiritual like how can we blend it all together and he's such a perfect blend so i'm doing those two books and then i have like millions of books on my stand yeah i love it yeah I'm, I'm really following on what's calling me, you know, like mm-hmm. usually it's money, abundance, love of attraction, Abraham Hicks. It's yep. beautiful. It's So reading every single day, it's a must. And yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. And can you please also repeat some of your journal prompts? I, because yeah. a couple of them, it's what I'm doing in the morning, like what I'm excited for, you know, in the yeah. future casting. But what were, yeah. what were the things, like when you mentioned the things that stress you out right now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every day. So every morning I write whatever is giving me stress and anxiety, and this is a, you know, 6am. So it's usually, it kind of just ends up being a brain dump almost of, (laughs) almost of what's going on that day. Um, But yeah, I write whatever is giving me anxiety or stress just to get it out. So it can clear space for, for more high vibe energy. And I feel like once I put it on paper, it's kind of like, okay, it's done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And then obviously the gratitudes and then things I'm proud of, because if there's one thing that I am working on that I've always been working on is celebrating myself more. I'm not a huge celebrator.
0: (laughs) Wow. You know, so many of my clients, I'm like, girl, do you realize how incredible you are? And they're like, no, I just feel like I, like I had to do that. I had to step in it. So it's Mm -hmm. not like, Really celebrating it. And one thing that I love, I think it's exercise from Lisa Nichols. She Mm -hmm. has three by seven. So every night you do a mirror work, you go to the mirror and say seven things you're proud of yourself, Mm -hmm. seven things you forgive yourself for and seven things that you commit yourself to. I love that. It's so powerful. And it truly like, you know, if you say like one thing, two things, three things you're proud of, I can send it to you. Uh, I think I have your email, so I will send it love that. So it's three by seven, seven things you're proud of, seven things you forgive yourself for, and seven things you commit to. Because it's like going deeper, deeper, deeper. Like, oh, Jess, I'm so proud of you that you you know, put some clothes on today and didn't stay in bed. <laughs> I'm so proud of you that you managed to have a, such a great meeting. I'm so yeah. proud of you. roll another client. I'm so proud of you for this incredible interview with Petia today. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, what else, what else, what else? But so many little things we don't take for, you know, like for yeah. account. So just, I'm so proud of you. You had only five donuts and there were 10 of them. Like, yeah. good job. You know? Yeah. So yeah. like, It's it, true that are small and they make the biggest impact.
1: They do, and I think it's the same thing with gratitude. I think sometimes when people start, and I've been doing this for years, I mean, over a decade, but I think when people start practicing you know, gratitudes and affirmations, they think it needs to be this big, like, big heavy thing or I have to be grateful for my health. Like, no, you can just be grateful for a fuzzy blanket. It doesn't need to be something like so big, so epic. And you know, with the celebrating, it's, I think as, I don't think, I know, I'm an Enneagram 3, I'm a type A, high achiever, perfectionist, right? I'm all of the things which can be great and it also can be debilitating and I'm constantly moving the finish line and when I get to the finish line, I just move it to the next one and I never stop to appreciate. Mm -hmm. This is what I've been working for or um, remember when I wanted this and now I'm here and, and I really need to slow down and as I've gotten older, it's been something that's come up more and more where it's like, you need to celebrate more. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm an seven and three, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 very very aligned with that, and my, most of my life was like, okay, let's do this. I do it, and then it's next, 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 never really stopping to like, yeah. wow. But I am in a space now that I do celebrate that, and I do like you said, like celebrating the blanket. I wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, I love my bed, I love my yeah. pillow, I love the fresh air, I love hearing the birds, I love waking up with my love. It's so beautiful, like those little things that we do take for granted. Oh, ah, yeah, so beautiful. For sure. So just let me ask you, what is the one last thing on your heart that you would like to share with a woman who are still at the beginning of their journey and they're in, in, in the messy process of pivoting, you know, they're leaving the place,
1: they're uncomfortable. What do you want her to know? So I, 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 I heard a podcast a couple of years ago and it was the one that triggered me actually to leave my job. And so I'd love to share this like quick little story it was one question and this one question totally changed my life so for anyone who's either on the fence to make this decision or in the process of this pivot i want you to think of this one thing so i was a teacher and i was driving to school listening to this podcast i don't remember who it was it was probably lewis or tony robbins it was about five years ago and he was interviewing a woman she was a teacher and she made jewelry and she sold it on etsy she wanted to do it full-time but she was scared because she had a great ten-year teaching job So he said, if you were to leave teaching and and go make your jewelry on Etsy for a year, you give yourself a year to be successful. If it didn't work, whatever that means, what would be the worst case scenario? And she said, I would go back to teaching. I probably would have to go to a different district, but, you know, I just, I would go back to teaching. And his response is what totally shook me. He said, okay, how does it feel to wake up every day and live in your worst case scenario? (laughs) Right? And, and it literally was like a dagger through my heart. I pulled my car over. I started hysterical crying. I texted my husband. I said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Because at the end of the day, I really was. And I have nothing but incredible things to say about teachers. So I'm not bashing the teaching industry. I, I, I You're amazing. You're amazing. Like We need teachers. The world, the circle, the vortex that I was living in, I was very uncomfortable, I was very unhappy and it very much felt like my worst case scenario. And I knew that if I quit or where you are right now, if you pivot, if you take the leap, if you jump, what's the worst case scenario? What is it truly, like, you don't go from having a job to being homeless overnight, that doesn't happen. And if you're listening to this podcast, there's no way you would allow that to happen because you're a go-getter, you're an achiever, you're listening to this podcast because you want to grow and get better. So if you make a pivot and it doesn't work, can you get another job? Because for me, it was like, I'll go be a barista at Starbucks, I'll go be a trainer at a gym, I'll work the front desk, I'll go to Target, I don't care, I'll do whatever I have to do. I don't wanna be here anymore. And so if you're in this process and you're in this pivot and you're so worried about perfectionism and you're scared to put the course out or the ebook, what's the worst case scenario? Nobody buys it. Okay. And then you go create another one. <laughs> big deal. <laughs> like I've created a million things like big deal. Who cares? I love Look that. At the iPhone. What are we on? iPhone 11. Yeah. They keep making new iPhones because they can make it better. They're not... They weren't married to the perfection like years ago when they created the iPhone. They didn't come out with the 11 right off the bat. They came out with the one and then they just kept making it better and better and better and pivoting and changing and changing. And now here we are with like an 11 and the next one's probably going to do our laundry for us, right? Like... (laughs) Ready for that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know one can one can hope.
0: <laughs> right? Oh my goodness! So amazing, and I love that. You know, because anytime that I'm setting intention or I'm deciding about something, for example, if, if I want to invest in something and want to go somewhere, I ask myself, what's the best case? Was the realistic? Was the worst case? Am I okay with the worst case? If the worst <laughs> case happen, am I okay with that? If I'm not going to die big deal. I will lose, you know, time or a couple hundred dollars, couple thousand. But what if, what if I can make it? Yeah. And I cannot live in the what if I just can't, I just got to go and do it. And then I know instead of sitting on my booty and what if, and like you said, like if we, it's, it's so fascinating. And I hear it from so many of my clients. They're like, but what if I create course and nobody buys it? So what? You create another one. You pivot. You learn. You ask people, like, what is that, you know, didn't propel you to buy? What is that was missing? What You know, like, you yeah. ask. Again, you ask, you ask, you ask. Jess, yeah. you are absolutely incredible. I am so excited to dive into your free resources or any others and i'm so grateful for you and what you're creating in the world because it's so neat at. you have such a beautiful outlook on the things and it's so easy so doable so clear and i really appreciate you thank you thank you so much for having me on